We don't win down here. We lose. You ready for that? Oh, you, th- oh, you were a post-millennialist. You thought we we're just going to go waltzing into the kingdom as you took over the world. Welcome to Nobody with a Bible. Chief Nobody Brandon. And here we talk about all the things and use biblical discernment while doing so. So let's dig in. Not using your feelings, but God's truth. What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are. All right, welcome back, everybody. Got part two of looking at the different rapture positions. In part one, we established the fact that everybody believes in a rapture. Okay, it's just the timing of it that is debated. There is views that say no rapture, period, but we're not going to cover those today because those are very few. That's not a widely held view, but they do exist. Um, But as far as the arguments that that Christians have, it's it's the timing of the rapture that is debated and there's um there's a bunch of different views but we're we're only looking at a couple of them here we've got a um i didn't write this article but this comes from faith baptist bible college Um, they did a great job of putting together these different rapture positions so we're going to cover these Um, today we're going to start with the pre-wrath rapture now this one is relatively new and that in itself doesn't matter at all i want to make and i want to be fair to the people that hold to this view that just because a view is newer that doesn't mean that it's false Um, obviously we're not going to come up with foundational doctrines that are different that's heresy absolutely not but um you know i think sometimes with eschatology i think there's some things that you can probably come to a a you know more clear understanding as time goes on but these things aren't you know, these things aren't really going to change. Um, it's just, it, it may have been a view that uh, the early church taught, uh, but it, it had been kind of lost over time. And that certainly happened. And that's, um, so that's, sometimes it takes a little bit to find some of that. Um, but it's, again, it's not going to change any, any foundational doctrines. So don't, you know, don't misquote me on that. It's, it's just not going to. But the view in itself is it comes from about 1990. So um, that doesn't make the view false in itself. So I will give them that. But uh, this view uh, comes from Marv Rosenthal in his book, The Pre-Wrath Rapture of the Church, which I said it came out in 1990. Um and it's a variation of the mid-tribulational position, as we went over in episode one. Uh, and it has some similarities with the post-trib position as well. Um, you know, this is one of the pre-wrath rapture view, I think, is the only other view that sort of, kind of, would make sense to me if I if we couldn't destroy a few different things with it, I think. But... Um, so like I, you know, I, I respect people that, that hold this view. I think that you are very wrong, but, um, I, I think there are some that do hold it and, and that's fine too. I mean, that, this is one of those, um, secondary issues that, that we don't need to 
fight over. We, you know, this is, this is one of those things. I mean, we, we seem to think that there's all kinds of doctrines that we can do that with, but there's not. But this is one of those things that, that we can have differences on. But this, the basic idea of this view is that the church will be removed from the earth by the rapture just before the fourth quarter of the 70th week of Daniel. This view proposes first that the tribulation involves three distinct periods. The beginning of sorrows, lasting three and a half years. The great tribulation, lasting 21 months. And the day of the Lord, spanning the final 21 months. The church, therefore, would need to go through three-fourths of the tribulation. Second, this view teaches that believers will endure the time of man's wrath, man's wrath and Satan's wrath but will be delivered before the day of the Lord, the time of God's wrath, which begins with the opening of the seventh seal in Revelation 8.1. And third, this view holds that the church must endure the Antichrist, who is the resurrected Hitler and the Great Tribulation. Not all of them believe that. Uh, that was my input into that. <clears throat> Excuse me, that was just my input into that. Um, because that, that, that was their author's note, but not all of them believe that about the Antichrist. I know that for sure. Uh, and the Great Tribulation continuing on. But after 64 months into the 70th week, we will be raptured. So that's just a quick overview of that position. As I said, this is not going to break down. It's, it, these are quick explanations of these views. Um, I encourage you to go and research all of these positions fairly and don't, um, you know, definitely don't listen to the loud mouths on any side um, because, or, and that includes on YouTube because you'll just get lost in nonsense, but, you know, just study them and, and understand them. But the five major problems that we have with the um, pre-wrath rapture view are as follows here. Number one, the view totally destroys the doctrine of imminency, which Ro Rosenthal calls untenable. However, passages like 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, 1 Corinthians 1, 7, and Titus 2, 13, and 1 John 3, 2, and 3 speak of the blessed hope as a imminent event. Number two, Rosenthal has no clear explanation of where the church will be for 21 months after the rapture. He totally ignores the promise of Christ in John 14, 1 through 4, that the church will be taken to heaven after Christ's return. Number three, the day of the Lord is clearly longer than 21 months, covering the judgments of the tribulations and blessing of the millennium. So we read in Zephaniah 3, 8 through 13, Haggai 2, 6 through 23, Zechariah 14, 1 through 10, including a total of 1,007 years. Number four, the judgments in the first half of the tribulation are clearly divine judgments. It is Christ who opens the seals and uses various means to judge a Christ-rejecting world. Number five, Contrary to Rosenthal's claim that the word tribulation is never used for the first half of Daniel's 70th week, Christ clearly refers to the first half of the seven-year period when he says in Matthew 24, 9, that they will deliver you to tribulation. 
And see, the problem with most of this is that they get Matthew 24 all jumbled up. And when we try to understand the rapture into Matthew 24 and we try to we try to understand this in is anything other than the tribulation period and the second coming and the judgment on first century Israel. Um, if if we get away from that, it just it gets us into these types of views, which you just that's how it's incorrect is you're not interpreting Matthew's gospel and that prophecy correctly. That is not speaking of the church. Jesus is speaking to the nation of Israel there. So it's it's wrong to apply that to the church. I mean, and, and the, the church had not yet begun at this point in Matthew. So, I mean, that's another ridiculous reason to, to throw that in there because the, the church wasn't even around yet. Okay, so it was he was still dealing with Israel at this time. You know, we, we haven't got there yet. So the, the truth and the mysteries that Paul gives us are, are very important for us to distinguish the difference between what Matthew is talking about and then what Paul and Revelation would be talking about. So, um, well, certain parts of Revelation. I'm gonna, I know we're going to have people commenting all over that one. But all right, so that is the quick overview of the pre-wrath rapture view. Sorry, pre-wrath people, because my brothers and sisters that are pre-wrath um, that I, um, if it was just too quick of a, of a overview and, and uh, definitely don't want to misrepresent the view, that's why I encourage all of you to just go ahead and study these things. But, um, and, and I believe that the Lord will just lead you to truth and just understand that we are not entitled to our own truth. I mean, there's definitely things that we could be getting wrong and that in eschatology. And so we have to keep in, you know, an in, in open mind with that stuff and, um, you know, be cautious of YouTube channels that, um, you know, label something as a satanic belief, right? That, you know, well, there's, there's thousands of them out there. Um, just look into them. I mean, there certainly are horrible, horrible things out there, but uh, usually they're not, you know, these things that are just loud looking, you know, that's that, that just go overboard. You're not really going to gain anything from that. So um, be careful with that. But like this, this pre-wrath view, um, there's a lot of, a lot of compromise, I think, and a lot of, um, reaching that you have to do to make these things work you're misunderstanding and misinterpreting as is all of the other views it's it's you're they're placing themselves in the place of the nation of israel and that's that's really where a lot of these views go wrong so they're there they believe that the saints in revelation after you know in, in after chapter four then when it refers to the saints that this is referring to the church but the church is, as a whole has never been referred to as the saints and the saints in in that context is talking specifically about the nation of israel so you have got to make you've got to misapply that word and you've got to apply it to the church to make that view work. 
And I feel like that's what, um, you know, the, that, that's what the post-tribulational position does as well. Uh, right before I started recording this, I was actually listening to um, a very informative video on why the pre, why every other view other than post-tribulationism is false and demonic and evil. And this guy was just pumping post-trib. And he goes, you know, the reason, and he tells the story of the reason why he's post-trib. And, uh, you know, I'm like, well, that's, you're misapplying that. You're not dividing that. That that would definitely get you to that position, I suppose, if that's what you did. But, you know, taking Matthew and applying it to the church is, is probably the source of all our wrongs um, in, in eschatology, I think. So I think that'll do it for uh, this. We're going to have to do a part three because the two other parts of this are the post-tribulational view and the pre-tribulational rapture. So we are going to definitely spend a different um, podcast on that because we're going to talk a little bit more than, than uh, 10 minutes on that one. So we'll see you guys later. On the day of judgment, do not, do not fear for the atheist so much, the thief, the murderer. If you want to be afraid for someone on the day of judgment, be afraid for those who carried the title pastor. Let me give you an example. I gave this example last night. Let's say that a king had a bride. He loved her. He dressed her in white. She was pure and precious to him. And the people admired her for her, for her virtue, for her merit. And the king has to go on a long journey. And so he, he uh, tells his steward, he calls his steward in and he says, here are the directions and you are to care for my bride. You do not deviate from this, not, not one jot or tittle. And when I come back, you'll be rewarded or I'll come back and you will be severely punished. Keep this book, these instructions with regard to her. Well, after a few years, this steward realizes that the people are losing their loyalty in the king. And they're no longer concerned about the bride because, well, she's just prudish. She's old fashioned. So he takes her and dresses, takes off her beautiful white garment and replaces it with something really sensual. Paints her face like a prostitute and then marches her up and down the kingdom and uses this new look to attract carnal men back into the kingdom. When that king comes back, there, there are no words to describe what he will do to that steward. And when Jesus Christ comes back, there are no words to describe what he will do to many of these men who call themselves pastors who have done to his bride exactly what the steward did in that parable.